Please open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief, Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, that is, Joshua, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Last week, we saw in chapter 3, how a certain generation of Israelites could not enter into the rest of the promised land because of unbelief. And so to today, those who hear the gospel and believe it not cannot enter into the rest of the promised land of God. And so we concluded our time spent in chapter 3 last week with these words and besought God's grace to both hear and believe the good news it brings. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, most of the Israelites who left Egypt with Moses died in the wilderness before they came to the land of promise. As the apostle writes in chapter 3, those who did not believe fell in the wilderness. 
Why was it they didn't they did not enter into the promised land and its promised rest? The same reason one does not enter into the promised land and the promise of his rest because of unbelief. Many of the Israelites did not believe God. They did not trust him and really made him out to be a liar in that they did not rest in God's promises, power, or his overruling providence. Now, this example was given by the apostle to show us the evil nature of unbelief and to warn us who profess to believe on Christ. Last week, we saw how if a sinner is to be saved, if we are to enter into the rest of the promised Lamb of God, that rest is to those who believe on Christ. Again, as the apostle very blessedly writes in verse 4 of chapter 4, we which have believed do enter into the rest. That is, the rest of his finished saving work. Beloved, when he shed his precious blood, he put away the sin of his people. And much more, through his sinless, obedient life, he shall present you before his heavenly Father, blameless in his love. Now this evening, if the Lord is pleased, we shall see here once again the gospel of our salvation and how it is that God has made his elect to differ. The whole of humanity can be divided into two groups of people. Those that shall be on the Lord's right on that blessed and fearful day and those that shall be on his left. Those on God's right are the people of his electing love and the people on his left are the people of his promised wrath. In keeping with the language of the word of God, particularly in the book of Hebrews, let us make that distinction all the more clear. Beloved, there are only two groups of people that have ever existed throughout the history of mankind. Those who shall enter into God's rest and those who shall not. It is a solemn thing. And we ought to do as God instructs us. Indeed, indeed God's people are not the presuming or self-willed sort. Rather, they are those who reverently fear him. In verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 4, Paul writes, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. The apostle writes here, let us therefore fear. Now, this is not a fear that springs forth from any doubt that Christ shall save his people from their sins. Rather, this fear is a reverent fear that comes to those who say with the leper who came to our Lord Jesus and worshiped him. And please note, there's only one person we can worship, and that is God. The leper came to him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So too the believer does not put any trust in his own will to do this or to do that to be saved, but rather fearfully and reverently comes to the Lord, confessing, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst save me. And his people here, by the testimony of his spirit, testifying with their spirit, I'm willing, be thou saved. (laughs) 
Let us therefore fear, beloved. Have I truly believed on the Christ of the Bible? Do I truly rest, trust, and wait on him to save me? Do I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to save me alone and nothing and no one else but him to save me? Am I depending on the blood and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ to save me? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And look there with me in verse 5. The word of God declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now the promise of this rest we have in Christ, indeed the rest for us which have believed, is both a present rest and a future rest. The present rest is a rest for those who, in Christ, indeed those who obey his gospel command, I suppose I could put it very simply, by asking a question, where are you? Where are you? I'm not talking about where we're physically right now. You're in your pew, I'm behind this pulpit. That's what I'm asking you. Where are you? Are you in Christ? Are you found in his righteousness? <laughs> the present rest for God's people is a rest for those who obey his gospel command. Wherever you are, friend, come to him. Come to him. Our Lord commands, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How does he give us his rest? Beloved, quite simply this. He gives you eternal life that you might both hear and believe the gospel of his finished saving work. Friend, have you heard him who does not lie? Have you heard him who cannot lie? Is he testifying with your spirit that your salvation is accomplished? Is he testifying with your spirit that your salvation is finished? Is he testifying with your spirit that your salvation, that it is done? Beloved believing sinner, you are complete in him. For in Christ, we are free from the bondage of that dreadful fear of condemnation, free from that yoke of superstition and the dead imperfect works of the law we once tried to keep to save ourselves. Beloved, we rest in the love of both his sin-atoning blood and the reconciliation of his perfect righteousness. Also, there is a future rest. That is, the eternal rest of glory. When we enter that celestial heavenly land, we'll be eternally free from all temptation, all doubt, all fear, and all sin. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 21.
and look there with me in verse 1. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, God's word declares, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The future eternal rest of God's elect is that true rest that shall be for us who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. When at the last there shall be no more fleshly temptings to sin, no more carnal workings in this body of flesh, no more despondent or anxious thoughts that cause you to feel like a walking cadaver. As we enjoy this rest now, so too, beloved, in glory, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, the apostle continues, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The gospel of Christ has been preached to us. That is, the gospel of grace, not of works. The gospel of God's only begotten Son. We have heard the gospel of his deity, his perfect obedience, his perfect atonement of all our sin, his resurrection and intercession for us. How that in Christ the law of God is honored and the justice of God is satisfied. And turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. But beloved, we are being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood 
to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Beloved, this gospel of Christ was preached to that generation that died in the wilderness by type, promise, sacrifice, and example, and it did not profit them. It did not save them because they did not believe God. However, some believed. Turn with over another chapter in Romans to Romans chapter 4, and look there. At the, at the testimony of those that believed amongst the Israelites. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Indeed, God's people. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if in Abraham, for if, in, if Abraham were justified by works, verse 2, for if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. All right, verse verse 3, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. Paul, continuing to write here, writes, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. We who have believed on Christ and who have received him do now enter into that rest. This is a spiritual rest, beloved. A rest from doing what is impossible with men. Salvation by works. Rest from the burden of the law. Rest from all the toil and labor in vainly trying to get eternal life with the flesh. Remember our Lord's answer to the disciples' question, who then can be saved? Our Lord answered, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Indeed, our Lord declared the futility of the flesh. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Friend, if you are to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Now, someone here might ask, what about all the trials, toils, labors, and temptations of the believer? How can that be described as rest? Beloved, believing sinner, is it not your blessed experience by God's grace in the face of all those trials, toils, labors, and temptations to find yourself laboring and then to have him provide yet again his grace to rest. 
So perhaps someone here this evening would like to know what it is to labor so that you too may enter into the blessed rest that the apostle speaks of in verse 11. Our Lord declares, this is the labor, indeed the work. Believe on the one God sent. Our Lord declares, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. This enjoyment of inward joy, peace, and rest, irrespective of the trials, toils, labors, and temptations of our flesh, is our spiritual peace and comfort in Christ Jesus by his Spirit. Beloved, being justified by his faith, we have peace with God through the doing and dying of his beloved Son. Look there again in verse 4. The apostle describes the spiritual rest we have in Christ by removing other rest mentioned in Scripture. He speak in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. The rest which believers now enjoy is in Christ. It is not in the types, the shadows, and the pictures of the Old Testament, but it is in the reality, the Lord Jesus Christ. God made the worlds in six days and rested from his works of creation. However, not the works of his providence, for in them he works even now, for he works all things for the good of his people. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, the called according to his purpose. And today he's working all those things. Verse 5, the apostle, continuing to write here, declares, And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Another rest is is the promised land of Canaan, which is typical of both the present and eternal rest we have in Christ. But just as the unbelieving Jews did not enter into the promised land, but wandered in the wilderness until they died. Those who believe not on Christ will wander in the wilderness of this world until they die, and that eternally. All right, verse 6. Paul, continuing to write here, writes, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. The apostle is intimating here that some did enter in and must enter into the typical rest, although those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of their unbelief. Joshua did lead a people into the promised land of Canaan. The type must be fulfilled, so just as the physical Canaan must be inhabited by the people of God, so too the celestial heavenly Canaan must be inhabited by his people. And how very blessedly does our Lord speak of the roll call of heaven. Do you know who will be there? Do you know who will be there? Everyone he wants to be there. (laughs) For he declares, of all which the Father hath given me, I should lose nothing. Not one for whom he shed his precious blood will be absent from the marriage supper of the Lamb. For they are blessed which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And further, our Lord assures us by his angel that these are the true sayings of his heavenly Father. All right, verse 7. God's word declares here in verse 7, Again, 
He limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. God set a day when men would by faith enter into this true rest which he promised. It is the gospel dispensation of these last days. As the apostle declared to us at the beginning of his epistle, that in these last days of this gospel dispensation, he has spoken to us by his son. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. It is no longer a typical day rest, but the eternal rest of God's people given by God's grace in and by Christ. In religion, there's lots of debating about what the Sabbath rest is for God's people. Some people will tell you that it's Saturday. Other people will tell you that it's Sunday. But I trust, beloved, that God has made it known to you that our Sabbath rest is not found in a Sunday or a Saturday. Rather, our Sabbath rest is found every day in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And while we might be amused for a moment to hear the debating between the Seventh-day Adventist and the Baptist free willer, don't be amused so much. The only thing that makes you different from them is God's distinguishing grace. He's given you ears to hear the gospel of your salvation. That our rest <laughs> is found in the Lord Jesus Christ and his blessed person and his finished saving work. He is the one who makes us to differ, beloved. Verse 8, Paul writes, For if Jesus, that is to say, Joshua, it's not referring to our Lord here in this passage, in this verse 8, referring to Joshua. For if Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? I just want to briefly mention it again. This word here, this name, Jesus, in this verse this is not referring to our Lord Jesus Christ, but rather Joshua who brought Israel into a land of rest where they had rest for a while from their temporal enemies and where they enjoyed for a season the blessings of God. But this was not the, that true spiritual rest in Christ or God would not have spoken of another day. Verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, the apostle writes. The people whom God hath chosen, for whom Christ died, and who believe on him, do enter into the spiritual rest of Christ by his spirit. Heaven is but a perfection and a continuation of what he begins in our hearts when he brings us to faith. Indeed, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Beloved, that is our rest, that we are neither the one who started our salvation nor the one who must finish it. Rather, by God's grace, we are made to, to know, believe, and rejoice to hear that he is the Alpha and the Omega of our salvation. Indeed, salvation is of the Lord. Beloved, he has told us. These are the words of our Lord and Savior. 
All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. Who would like to know the Father's will? I'd like to hear it again. (laughs) I never tire of hearing our Lord declare the gospel of his Father's will with respect to his beloved people. This is the Father's will which he hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Paul writes in verse 10, For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. My friend, the only rest you may enter into is his rest. Notice, the verse does not say your rest or my rest or our rest, but very blessedly the apostle points us to Christ who has ceased from his own works. Christ had a work to do in preaching the gospel and in accomplishing the salvation and redemption of his people. Indeed, as the apostle later writes in this blessed epistle, Christ has obtained eternal redemption for us. This is the work that our Heavenly Father gave him to finish. And beloved, he finished it. He ceased from these works never to do them again. For he is seated at the right hand of the Father, having entered into his rest. Just as he ceased from his creator works in creation, so too he finished his redemptive works in our salvation. And so my friend, if by God's grace you have truly been made to believe on Christ, rejoice with us. Our Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished our warfare. We have received double of his hand, both a full and complete redemption of all our sins and a perfect righteousness for all our iniquity. So preacher, are you trying to save yourself? No, absolutely not. My friend, have you never heard the gospel of Christ? It is good news to him that worketh not, and believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. It is his faith that is counted for the righteousness of his people. Beloved, labor to enter into that rest. Labor to enter into that rest. How are we to do that? How are you to labor to enter into that rest? As we heard it just a moment ago, it will do us good to hear our Lord's teaching once again. But this time, friend, if the Lord is pleased, perhaps you will hear the gospel of your salvation For the very first time. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 6. And look there with me in verse 24. 
John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 24. God, give us all grace to hear the voice of his beloved son. Now, why would I want you to hear his voice? Why? (laughs) Because he has told us very plainly, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. God, give us all grace to hear the voice of our Lord here. Verse 24, the Apostle John writes here, God's word sets forth for us that there was a people, therefore, that saw Jesus that was not there, neither his disciples. They also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Verse 25, and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. And what is the glorious result of his doing the work the Father sent him to do? Look there in verse 39. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Paul writes in verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 4, God's word declares, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Paul is saying here, for us to strive by faith, that is, seeking the Lord and looking only to him, to enter with him into that rest, indeed, is his rest. Is there a self-willed hypocrite here tonight? May God the Holy Spirit send you home as a damned as he can make one of his children feel so that you may learn of his good pleasure to have you set the hope of your anchor only in him who has entered into glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, it is impossible for God to lie. There is a refuge, indeed rest for sinners in Christ. He himself is the sinner's rest, peace, and joy. The Lord Jesus Christ did not come into the world to make you savable, sinner. Rather, he came into the world to save you by the doing and dying of himself. May God grant you to know and believe it. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, there remaineth a never-ending rest to the people of God. 
Amen.